Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, yes, I'm doing it live this time. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friend at Zwift. And I'm joined, of course, like every time, by Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am good. I am good. Uh, yes, it's, uh, it is a little bit strange, isn't it, Christophe? But It's good with technology that we can still communicate and uh, still get some special guests on board. Absolutely. And Simon Clark, how are you, Simon? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. So we got to say we are both in Melbourne and you are in Andorra. Uh, and, and thank you for giving us some time as well, because we are in the Australian lockdown. You see the inverted comma at a minute, uh, but you are in proper lockdown. Yeah, we've been in lockdown uh, in Andorra for... Uh, just under two weeks now, so uh, so I haven't left the house since last Monday. So it's been yeah nearly ten days just in the in the apartment. My my wife were left yesterday for the first time to go and do the some shop food shopping, but uh, otherwise we've just been staying at home, uh, hanging out. How is how is this when you're when you're a professional athlete? Uh, I'm sure you spend most of your hours cycling outdoors. How is this? Yeah, I mean it's something we've never experienced before. I mean, I suppose you can kind of relate it to like when when you're injured and you're stuck at home and you have to train on the trainer because you can't ride on the on the road and but kind of you know taking that to a whole new level where you can't leave the house at all and uh, I suppose you need to get inventive in a way to keep keep yourself entertained uh, we've got a a one-year-old uh, little daughter who's uh, and so yeah we we only have an apartment here in Andorra and which is is, is great until you can't leave it <laughs> uh, and uh, so that's posed a few little challenges just figuring out ways to keep her entertained. Simon, you've um, you've been in cycling a long time and probably from your early days as an elite athlete, it was the standard wind trainer basically in front of a wall doing a one-hour session or that's what I used to do. It used to mentally drive me crazy. Now with technology, all this virtual training, how have you found that? I mean, did you do much of it prior to the lockdown or have you done much previously in your career and how are you finding it now yeah uh, I'm, I'm on a pretty similar page to you in the fact that uh, the traditional ergo training methods were definitely not my style and I, I didn't spend very much time on ergo trainers um, as a kid uh, yeah staring at the wall was just not something I was into and uh, but Zwift and smart trainers have completely changed the game and uh i've you know i always prioritize riding out on the road because that's why i ride my bike because that's what i love doing but if it starts snowing or there's bad weather you know it's not 
as nearly as much of a chore to get on an ergo and do a training session, you know, in terms of motivation and, and getting getting the work done. Uh, so far so that these days in my winter or in European winter preparation, uh, I actually get on the ergo more these days and do interval sets and, and training on the ergo even when it's not uh, bad weather outside. So I've... Uh, I, I do use it more than I used to, and I feel that uh, you get a lot more quality out of your training session. So I've been some of my training sessions I, I divide up and, and do do some hours on the road, and then I come back and get on the ergo and, and get stuck into some intervals. Talking of which, I think uh, you did show us a little bit outside. Can you show the viewer how yeah, Andorra yeah. looks so I'm, today? I'm up in Andorra. I live at uh 1500 meters altitude and uh i can go. get up and show you outside oh boy that's proper snow that's, that's proper snow we made a little snow it snowed yesterday as well so we made a little snowman but uh that's that's the current situation <laughs> so i think uh lockdown or low, no lockdown today was always going to be an ergo day <laughs> but uh when, yeah. when you think about the When you think about the the season so far, you know you you you've done very well at Drome. You won Drome, so the season was yeah. kicking up pretty good for you, and then stop, you know, hard stop to it. How how does that feel? Ah, uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough, uh, mainly because uh, I was so focused on that period coming in there. We um, we only had four selection races left for the Olympics. Uh, And the first of that being Strada Bianca, which was the week after Drome. So I had a really big focus on on that block, um, trying to do well there. And having won the week before, I really felt like I was ready to deliver a good result. Um, and then the worst part was my team decided that they weren't going to ride before the actual race got called off and for about two days there it was looking like only my team was not going to compete and and everything else was going to go ahead and uh that really i nearly cried when i read that because i was uh was so ready to race but obviously that was the right decision and uh and everyone else made a similar decision in the end anyway and i mean it's been hard but I think we quickly can appreciate the significance of what we're experiencing at the moment. And, you know, I think we can, it hasn't really been talked about yet, but this is nearly World War Three when you think about it. There's like, I read on the news last night that there's something like three billion people in lockdown at the moment in the world. It's nearly half the population of the whole world in lockdown. And, uh, You know, I don't even think in a world war there was probably that many people uh, in confined as we are now. Obviously, it's completely different context, and but you know, it's it's this is a pretty significant time, and I think it's it's you know everyday life and what we did up until a couple of months ago uh, is is completely irrelevant to what we're experiencing and, and the way we need to approach this next period. Do you hold out hope? for the season of 2020 that you might get to race in 2020 and what's i guess a cup a question coupled with that are you having sort of regular contact with your team management are they able to update you on anything from the uci um where, where's all that at 
Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. Uh, we, 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 we want to race. I hope we ride the Tour de France. Uh, in saying that, I only hope we ride it if the conditions permit and that uh, things are on the mend and it is safe to do so. Uh, and whether that happens or not, uh, we, we don't know. Uh, we have very little information uh, from anyone, and I think that's because there's not that much information to give. Uh, and we don't really get much information from our team because within uh, within a couple of hours of any UCI decision, it's already on social media, on um, media platforms. So there's there's no real need for us to be continually informed from our team because as soon as any kind of significant decisions made, it's already public. You, you mentioned about the uh, you know the, the conditions for the for the Tour de France. Uh, there's the f French uh, sports minister that came out saying that she wants the Tour de France to go ahead in the right time providing the securities around and and the fact that there's no crowd and they also said you know that the the main key game for the Tour de France is the TV viewers and not necessarily the the people on the road how weird would that be to have a Tour de France going ahead with no one on the road yeah i mean it's something that we've never experienced before but The thing to consider is we're in a situation that we've never experienced before. So obviously, uh, in this, probably for the rest of 2020, we're going to live experiences that we've never lived before. And we're already living it now in terms of the lockdown and then the consequences of that. So, um, you know, people talk about the first time the Olympics ever being postponed and whatnot. And it's like, well, who cares? If it's history or not, there we need to make the right decisions for the for the better of everybody. And of course, that was the right decision. I totally appreciate Japanese the Japanese motivation to try and make it go ahead. Obviously, they've put their heart and soul into it for the last five or six years to be ready for it, and to just have that taken away from them would be gut wrenching. Uh, when you think about the time and effort they've put in, but at the same time, you need to appreciate the situation we're in, which is completely unprecedented. So uh, getting back to the Tour de France, of, of course, to do something like that with no spectators would, would be really strange. I think we saw an example of that in Paris-Nice this year. Uh, but even then, racing along, a lot of people were questioning, you know, Are we really? Is it? Are they really doing the right thing? You know, everyone else is sitting at home, and here we are, racing along like nothing's happening, and everything's okay, and people can't even stand on the side of the road. So, I don't know what the right decision is there, and I'm, I'm interested to see what they decide to do. Simon, just um, in the last couple of days, actually, the AFL football here in Australia have been effectively forced to stop the season indefinitely, so postponement. And it's been revealed more or less that the AFL are on the brink of going bankrupt. Now, being a Victorian, you'd know AFL, obviously, and how sort of popular it is here. So my question to you is, is cycling potentially in trouble financially? I've seen a few sort of general managers like Patrick Lefebvre, who's been in the sport, you know, forever and a day, and he thinks this could send the sport over the edge. 
I beg to differ, but I am interested in your your thoughts on on the financials, I guess, of professional cycling. Yeah, I mean, I think this is actually a really interesting topic, and the fact that it's been discussed so much recently, how bad the cycling um, model is, and that we're so reliant on sponsors just throwing money at the sport to survive. But actually, when you think about it, in a situation like we're in now, that's actually the safest model you could have because every other sport is so reliant on TV rights and and uh, all these other endorsements that are reliant on the sports being held and people paying for ads and whatnot, whereas we're not actually reliant on that. Uh, the only risk we have is if sponsors start pulling out because they can't afford to pay their sponsorship contracts or they choose not to because the Tour de France doesn't go ahead or whatnot. So actually, I think that if we compare ourselves to AFL, I think we're actually in a better situation because of our uh, where our income comes from. Uh, I think that more likely the race organisers will suffer more than the actual pro teams. And it will only the pro teams will only suffer if if it gets to a situation where the sponsors of these teams try to stop paying uh, their sponsorship sponsorship contracts because of the lack of racing. Uh, we haven't seen that yet, and I don't know if we will or not. But that will be the deciding factor on on how much this um, pandemic affects cycling. What would be the, the deadline for you? Uh, if we focus on the Tour de France, because that's, that's, the main, that's definitely our main game anyway. Uh, what would be the deadline? I know the Bernardino, the Badger, said we need to know by early June, knowing that the Tour starts on the 27th. What, for you guys, the, the, the pro athletes, what would be the deadline? Uh, I think it'll be made before early June. Uh, it's not so much... I mean, you can be a bit cynical, but at the end of the day... As an athlete, we just do what we're told. And so we have no influence on when they choose to decide whether it goes ahead or not. And their decision ultimately stands and we have to be ready whether whether we like it or not. So in, from our point of view, we have – I don't even try and think about how much time I need because I have no say in that anyway. What I do think, though, is that what it takes probably more time – for the Tour de France organiser to organise the Tour de France and set it up to activate it than it probably takes for an athlete to prepare for it. So I would have to say that they need, they will need to make a decision two months before the start of the Tour de France. So I think by the end of April or the first week of May, so pretty much in a, in a month's time, they'll have to have decided what they're going to do because it, it's going to take them two months to organise the Tour de France. Don't want little, leave the whole riders uh, aside, but team hotels, logistics, all that kind of stuff takes is takes a lot more time than a rider to probably um, get ready for the Tour de France. I mean, I, I think goes without saying, let's, let's hypothetically say it goes ahead on the dates that they've, the original dates, um, you know, remembering it starts a week earlier this year, or it's meant to, it'd be a game changer, wouldn't it? In terms of normally we see Team Ineos dominating. I mean, who's got the best form off the wind trainer? 
you could almost argue, yeah. couldn't you? Because yeah. there might not be that much time to do on-road training. No, no. I've discussed this with my coach, and we've he's uh, actually on Zwift. I I taught him uh, how to design workouts, and so he's built his uh, the interval training that he gives me and all of the preparation that we do. He's built those into Zwift workouts. So I'm I'm not in a interval phase at the moment but if it gets to the stage where we're still in lockdown and i need to step the training back up getting ready for racing then i'll be uh tapping into the the custom design workouts that we prepared it's going to be interesting will we see a case of potentially you know three hours into the race into a stage for example guys just completely capitulating because they've had no sort of endurance training or will we see potentially a real dynamic sort of racing you know because as you know from wind training it's always been in the past this form finding sort of tool hasn't it yeah it's a good question and you know we've never been in this situation so i don't we don't i don't know what the right answer is all i do know is that it's going to be very unique and one of the issues my coach was talking about is that everyone's going to if we do do the tour of france everyone's going to be so fresh like they've never you know normally we don't you don't arrive arrive at the Tour de France fresh because you want to arrive already with a big load behind you because of the big load you're about to um, take on. And so for riders to ride arrive so fresh, it's actually you risk burning out everything in the first week with this freshness and then actually having a massive drop-off later on. And so he was really worried about when we were still talking about the tour doing the tour and then the olympics he said actually with all this lack of racing to go and do the tour de france could probably be the worst preparation for the olympics you could do because you're going to go to the tour de france so fresh that you'll be absolutely finished by the end of it because you haven't had that base and that slowly slow that big volume of build-up so that's probably the most interesting thing that i think if the tour de france does go ahead is people just falling apart in the first week like we've never seen because no one's been able to keep that volume in this preparation period. Flanders would be on next weekend, I think. Exactly. I know I'm sad. Normally I'd be over there as well. So I think we're all sad that those classics aren't on. But, um, hey, come on, but let's not dwell if, on it. If they, are, if they are moving them at the, the back of the year, uh, again, it's, it's a different sort of rhythm in, a, in the whole season. Uh, could yeah. this actually unbalance next season? Definitely. I mean, no one's going to want to do Tour Down Under if we're racing until November, unfortunately. <laughs> so I think they'll have to select seven blokes that don't race until November and stop in at the normal time, knowing that they'll be doing Tour Down Under and then the other... 22, 23 blokes in the team race right through and uh, know that they won't be racing again until February. And if you take, if you plan it like that, I think it'll work fine. Uh, but yeah, I'm particularly backed off my training at this period, knowing that if we got to race till sometime in November, in people, you're smashing out ergo sessions now. It's 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 a long way, a long time till November. What? If you had a choice, let's just talk about, it seems like we, we don't know what is ahead of us really at the moment. Yeah. Hypotheticals, yeah. the five monuments, 
if you had to do one of them in late November, which one would you love to line up for? <laughs> Good question. Um, having spent so much time in Italy, I probably would have to say Milan San Remo. Uh, <laughs> a Milan San Remo in the autumn would be pretty cool, I think. Um, but in saying that, I, I, you could pick any of them, really. Uh, they're all great races, and no matter when they're held, they'll be amazing to both ride and, and watch. We, we were saying with Maka in the last podcast that uh, a, a Roubaix November could almost guarantee rain, which we haven't yeah. seen for such a long time. Yeah. Would that be terrible? <laughs> it wouldn't be terrible for right. me because I wouldn't be there. <laughs> I'd be watching it on TV, so that, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be complaining about that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's been brilliant to have you all the way from from Andorra. I know you're pretty busy today, but thanks for for sparing the time for for the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Yeah, no worries, my pleasure, and uh, hope everyone's well and safe back in Australia and get get ready for stage three lockdown because I think it's coming pretty soon. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do yeah. I hope it, I hope it is. I hope it is. I really feel like uh, Australia's dragging their heels a bit, having seen everything happen firsthand over here, and you know there being pretty clear evidence: the quicker you act, the the quicker you can flatten the curve, so to speak. Uh, I really feel like Australia needs to get chopping and. Mate, don't get down. don't get Maka started on this. You're not finished. So <laughs> yeah, don't get him starting on this. <laughs> Stick to the cycling. <laughs> yeah. Good to talk to you, Simon. No Thank worries. you. Take care. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye, guys. Take care. Yeah, bye. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.